Green Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep Season 4. We are three guys with perfect opinions about movies, TV, and pop culture. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording today from lovely North Koreatown, Los Angeles. And I'm joined today by uh, in, in just an adorable panel. Just uh, the cutest punk rockers you've ever did see. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2. In, on Twitter, he's in Southeast Portland. Please welcome on base, Mr. Anthony Lopez. That's great to be here. One second. Ah, let me open up my sprite real fast. Ah, it's so tasty and delicious. Um, also joining us, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the woods of woods of Arkansas. On drums, it's Mr. Hunter Donaldson. But um, tish bum bum bum. I am a drum. Sponsored by Sega. Uh, you guys, before Sega. we start the show, I just want Sorry. to um, give my own product placement for our product, the product that you are listening to right now. You can support it. You can pay for it. You can contribute to it by becoming a Meat Buddy. Uh, we've got a couple more terrible thank you segments coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, in where You may remember a few weeks ago we were asked for a pep talk and we discussed the heat death of the universe. If you would like... To join yeah. one of those people and um, be incredibly unpepped by our talk or anything else you want, to we will segment screw is, it up. We're definitely we, whatever, whatever you ask, you ask to for. Do, prepare. Yeah, will be ru- will be ruined. Um, you can do any one of those things by becoming a meat buddy, and you can join them in supporting our show and help keep us limping down the tracks. Just go to Metreon.com. That's our meat buddy Patreon. Metreon.com, uh, and we thank everybody who supports the show. All right, let's kick it off. It's time for segment one, the news. Um, so we have. Uh, I, I'm just gonna do this one. I have this one thing we've been ch- we've been chatting about. Um, we got a couple of things float by. Uh, we almost talked about Pokemon cards, but instead, I think <laughs> the main thing we should talk about today is the Golden Globes. So, because um, we talked about them before, and they are in the news again. This is our first story from Variety. The future of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has been in question for months, ever since the Los Angeles Times, expo- Times exposed its loose financial practices and lack of diversity. But with NBC's announcement on Monday that it would not broadcast the Globes in 2022... It began to seem like the HFPA might not survive the crisis at all. And then to compound their problems from CNN, Tom Cruise has returned his Golden Globe Awards to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. A source close to the actor told CNN on Monday, Cruise won the Best Actor Globes for his performance in Jerry Maguire in 1997, born on the 4th of July in 1990, and Best Supporting Actor for Magnolia in 2000. And he apparently shipped those globes made of gold right back to the Mm. HFPA so, you can argue the three Golden Globes kind of says more about the Globes than it does about Tom Cruise. <laughs> they, this is the award show that just loved. Wait, the Tom, you had three the, of those? Yeah, <laughs> Tom, wait, what? Like, I can't. How did you get so many Golden Globes? Man? I mean, he was pretty good in Magnolia. I like yeah, no, he's Magnolia. great in all of those things, but it's just like he ain't got three Oscars. Like, who has like three Golden Globes? Is a lot. Yeah, I mean, do they get? Yeah. I mean, they're not more promiscuous, right? They still have the same number of best mm. actors per year. No, they, I mean they double up, right? They do comedy and drama. So oh, they get, right, so they do. Okay, there are more. Yeah, yeah, yeah that it yeah. does that does explain it. Um, that does help at least. Um, uh, so I also feel like if he's got three of them, or even I mean, wait, see, does I, I should have looked this up? Does the cruise missile have any Oscars? No, he does not. He has no Oscars at all. No. Wow. So maybe he's have gotten one. I, I <laughs> Minority <know>. Report. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he was very happen. good in Magnolia. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He was uh, good in Magnolia, but it was like a bit part. You know, he's not going to yeah. get like an Oscar for being. He like, could have got funny, like a best like, supporting like, he, for a little bit. You know, he has he has yeah, three right. Academy Award nominations. Yeah, I mean, he okay. he probably would have gotten one if he had stayed on that path of like. Those Magnolia years when he was doing really interesting movies, and then he jumped yeah. on the couch and immediately started making just safe movies. Right, <laughs> like just no, doing big blockbusters. His life every year, yeah, like he... almost dying all the so, time. So he was nominated for those same three things that he won the Globes for: Best Actor for mm. Born on the Fourth of July and Jerry Maguire, and Supporting for Magnolia. He just did not win them. Yeah, right. He does, however, yeah, have yeah. three Raspberry Awards and seven nominations. That's neat. 
Um, I just wow. really like this idea of this sort of reverse. Uh, it's like a reverse competition now with everybody giving their golden globes back. Like no one wants to show up with the most golden globes. Like somebody's going to pop up and have like 15 and it'll be like, ooh, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, and you ship you ship them back individually, well, so no one notices how big the box is. Yeah, I mean this this <laughs> this award show that's always been known for like notoriously being like all the judges are incredibly bribed, bribed yes. all the time and bro- corrupt, and this sm- this small, incredibly insular group, and you show up with like, yeah, you guys gave me twenty of these because. I took you out to dinner twenty times and gave yeah, you a right. bunch of <laughs> right. So that's, that's actually the more embarrassing back. thing. That's why they're going to start giving it back really fast because it's going to come out that it's even more corrupt than you thought. It is really uh oh. Well, it's also if it's the more corrupt it is, the more embarrassing that you are willing to spend money on an award that no one respects. Right. Like yeah, how yeah, you were yeah. willing to buy a war buy that many golden globes. Like one I get just to have it in your trophy case, but you bought seven golden globes. That's crazy. Yeah, right. I mean yeah. you only why need, you need one. You only need one Golden Globe to have it on a poster. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, what? Yeah. You yeah. don't need, you don't uh, also, need to buy that many. Fun fact about, more, uh, continuing on the theme of uh, the Cruise Missiles Awards. So he has, uh, let's see, he has one Kids' Choice, zero Teens' Choice, and two People's Choice. So if the age range mm. is not teenagers, he can win. But it, teens hate Tom Cruise. Well, I mean, you're also yeah. forgetting his, you know, sea org shuffleboard championships that he has, uh, his odd uh, Scientology awards well, that sure, he's yeah. show, you know, raking up constantly. Um, he also has one Wait, Critics' Choice sci- Award. You... So basically, anyone whose choice it is besides hmm. teenagers. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they give him awards constantly. Uh, They're yeah, constantly not? creating They just like, here's... Here's best best Scientologist of the year. Best Scientologist, Tom Cruise, yeah, yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah, it, well, and that's just yeah. how much you pay for it. So he yeah. bought that same level each year. Um, but yeah, Anth- it's Anthony, so do you much. think that we are the reason why <laughs> the Golden Globes are falling apart? I mean, I'm not going to take credit for it, but you certainly, I noticed, you started knocking on them like six weeks ago, and then... Here we are. It's like when Hannibal, you know, made fun of Bill Cosby, and then all of a sudden, that blew up. It's yeah. you're just like that. You started we, it here. We it's are just the like Hannibal of the Golden Globes, and by that I mean yeah. we we talked about the story after it had already come out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. That's but, like, I mean that's exactly what happened before. Well, that's true. I mean, that is what happened with Hannibal, but uh, yeah. it had been a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you said you said is. We all talked about how it was corrupt and it sucked and yeah, the show true. was never that's good. That's true. We and roasted then it. Here we are. We, yeah, but it's this, incredible. But it is weird because we also were very big boosters of the Oscars this year, mm. and they suffered heavily from our endorsement. So, well, are we kingmakers like or king slayers? Or? Is. Like, like we have more of a Golden Globes audience. You know what I mean? That's what's happening. Oh, interesting. So we, our power, our sway, is with the. So we're we're the Teens the, Choice Awards of Golden yeah oh Globes. totally not People's right. Choice that's not that's not the people we've and that's we've learned that now all right we're gonna stay yeah. in our lane yeah uh, also I just love this I don't know why I'm so enamored by this fact that the teens hate Tom Cruise everyone else he's won all these other awards but the teens he just can't get through to those well, teens you know why he won't let him be he won't be slimed. And if you're not going to be oh. slime, they won't have him at the Kids' Choice Awards. No, know? he won a Kids' Choice Award, just not the Teen's oh. Choice Award. So he was willing to be slimed, perhaps. Oh, oh, you know what the problem is? His agent won't let him stand next to a surfboard. Because, like, the surfboards <laughs> are the awards at the Teen Choice Awards for years. And it's like, there's no way in hell you're going to let Tom Cruise stand next to a fucking six-foot-tall... No, he would look so small. I would uh, just like to put it out there for what it's worth. I am willing to be slimed. Yeah. Yep. So just putting that out there. Um, uh, fun fact, Whoopi Goldberg is the only person to have won a Kids' Choice Award along with an EGOT. Whoa. All the other yeah. EGOTs have not won a Kids' Choice. So anyway, she was willing to be slimed. Okay, that's the news. Also, if you're buying Pokemon cards, do not assault the Target employees. Please. I didn't think I'd have to say this. Um, Moving on to segment two, the homework. 
So this week we watched Josie and the Pussycats, the twenty, the two thousand and one comic book movie from Universal Pictures and Metro Goldwyn Mayer, written and directed by Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan, based loosely on the Archie Comics series and the Hanna Barbera animated series, and also appearing in the Can't Hardly Wait a Verse. I mean, I was thinking oh. we should have done this right after Snyderverse. I think it would have fit in well <laughs> with the comic book adaptation themes yeah, we were having at the time. I mean, so in terms true. of you know, comic book, the film adaptations, this movie is certainly uh, in the conversation with those. It should be, yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't come up more when we talk about this. I do not know anything about the comics, though, so I can't tell you if it's a good adaptation or a faithful adaptation. Um, mostly I could just tell you that it's a pretty enjoyable movie, but well, maybe the comic you, books are very dark. Who knows? What I mean, what do you know about Archie? Nothing. Nothing. I could not. In fact, when I, when I found out that Archie was a comics company and not just a character, I was very confused. Really? So, like, <laughs> I mean, Archie's been around forever. And it's, it's so interesting, like, to talk about. We've been talking about comic book characters and his characters have stayed forever. Like, Archie, it's so weird that. He's been able to st- uh, sustain and get remade and adapted like every few years. Like right now on CW, like Riverdale is really popular, which is, a, you know, we were talking before we started recording how you had just yeah. started Twin Peaks. Yes. And it's yes. essentially what if Archie was Twin Peaks? Like that's oh, like okay. one of the most popular shows on CW right now. Uh... Uh, and like uh, there's several spinoffs of that. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Is a Archie Universe character really? Yeah, uh, oh, that's interesting. So I did quite enjoy as a child watching the Sabrina the Teenage Witch on television version, um, but then the new one is all dark, and I also probably wouldn't have held up anyway. Um, is 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 the comic of Sabrina? Wait, are these all like his friends, or are these separate the- series? Both. Like, they come in and out. Like, Josie and the Pussycats started as OG characters and have their own spin-off comics where they, you know, have their odd adventures and oh, a struggling okay, band so, playing so in Riverdale. Is, so there isn't... The Archie comics are all in a universe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Are and any, it is, do you guys like any of them? Have you read these books? Are these good books? I've never read the books. I mean, there's certainly, like, things people really love. And I... I I've seen a lot of the adaptations. Like I've seen a bit of Riverdale, and I Katie Keene had, which has several characters that are actually in this in that show, including Josie. It's weird to see like a different version of her. Uh, so the stuff I liked, but I don't have like a deep love or knowledge about Ochi. I'm pretty okay. I basically only I know about stuff from Riverdale, and I remember. I don't these really movies. know a lot about it. I don't really know a lot about it myself either, but I'm just fascinated by, uh, it was like a couple of years ago they started doing, actually I think it was a, uh, more than a couple of years ago, they started doing like like horror Archie. Um, oh. Yes. Like there was a, like an Archie run where he's like a zombie or, or there's like a zombie apocalypse. I don't know. I actually, yeah. I didn't read it or anything, but I at the time I was like really fascinated. It's just fascinating how much they've been able to do with uh, yeah, all, like of, it's, all of this it's... stuff. <laughs> It's crazy. Like, I remember as a kid when they were going to break up Archie and Veronica became like a national headline. And that was like the first time <laughs> I was like, people still care about this old I mean, yes, yeah, so this, yeah. this is obviously limited. But my, what what I think of when I think of Archie is I think of this like 50s, like almost pinup-y style of comic that looks like it looks like Blondie. It's just like it's just uh, it's yeah. awful looking in my head. And so the idea of doing that. In that it's still happening is crazy, and, but they do like Hunter. Hunter said they do a lot of fun genre stuff. Like a lot of writers want to work on Archie, I think, because they kind of let you do whatever you want. So people uh. have, and like people really follow these characters and really care about them. It's just it's so interesting. You think of like comic book legacies as being you know the Supermans and Batmans in the yeah. worlds, but but Archie's yeah. up there. Yeah. And these dorks at Riverdale. Okay, so this movie is starring uh, Rachel Lee Cook, uh, she who was at one point all that, uh, Rosario Dawson, uh, Tara Reid, and as well as Alan Cumming and Parker Posey, covered in feathers on long sticks. Why are we watching this right now, 20 years uh, after it was released? So Daniel, who um, voted mostly completely randomly 
because he likes filling out forms in our Oscars pool, uh, finished dead last. And for that, was given the prize of picking an episode, a thing for us to watch. So this is what Daniel says about this movie. When it came out, it was mostly dismissed as a Spice World knockoff, but it has so much more thought behind it. It is a legitimately good mo- It has legitimately good music with some great talent behind it, and the actresses did all the mm-hmm. work to make it look authentic. The product placement satire was deliberate and not paid for by the companies, and it's also kind of great to see a film where even though the lead has a romantic subplot, the real plot is about friends and friendship getting back together. Looking back at it from today, it's a fascinating time capsule of 2000, but without the shift to post 9-11 that dominated movies afterwards. <laughs> yeah, this is a... Um, this is such a pre-9-11 artifact. It's uh, yeah, definitely... Totally. It, it's crazy to, it to think be. of how different the world was. Uh, especially just the constant uh, airplane tragedy played for laughs. Like there is just, an airplane tragedy yeah. that is hysterical. And, and then um, it's threatened it several more really, times. Really like it's, yeah. Yeah. it's great. It's one uh, of the funniest parts of the movie. Uh, but yeah, just so, something you they would not have done like a, a month few later. months later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no way. No way. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. It came out March of 2001 um daniel continues uh oh there were hints about how pop culture could and would be nudged i can't help but think the mid-2000s country music and shows like 24 when the eugene levy bit comes on i also love that they were so into the now that they have an early version of live streaming not to say it holds up oh that's such a good point i did mention this that they are like in my notes was like there it's 2001 and they're simulcasting this this uh, concert on the on their website, I just can't right, imagine yeah. it was great quality. Yeah. No, there's I, no way that must have yeah. been horrible. Uh, <laughs> that's man. what that's why they had to stream the audio via a separate device. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Because right. Special <laughs> audio thing, and it was and it was the size of the room. Like, it was a massive yeah. audio piece of equipment just to play essentially an audio uh, an, a speaking word a speaking track a spoken yeah. word track behind them. It has this giant machine. Um, not to say that it holds up, lastly, from Daniel, not to say that it holds up 100%. The final punchline for the villains is unnecessarily cruel, and Melody is the butt of a joke too often. Uh, but, yeah, mostly mostly positive feelings. And I was going back, I was poking around um, on, I was not going back, I was looking at my friends on Letterboxd uh, and what they had said about it. And it's, you know, one, one of my friends who was a movie critic for a long time, um, was like yeah I just I was kind of mean to this movie when it came out and I totally regret it it's really great and uh, so there's there is maybe we're having even a Josie and the Pussycats moment uh, revisiting moment so yeah that's where we are let me give you a summary in case you haven't seen Josie and the Pussycats from 2001 I don't know how it differs from the other things uh, like the comic book and the Hanna Barbera series but let me give you what the movie is so the most successful band in the world a boy band called Du Jour. Uh, which is French for boy band, um, features Turk from Scrubs and Seth Green for some reason, and they discover a <laughs> mysterious sound being played under their vocals on their records. So their re- their record label rep crashes their plane and, and attempts to murder them. Then he goes looking for a new band to make famous overnight and stumbles aco- upon the Pussycats, the struggling small-town pop-punk band uh, fronted by Josie, but at the time just called the Pussycats. He makes them super famous instantly while also implanting the same mysterious sound, which turns out to be subliminal messaging to buy things, uh, all kinds of things, in a complicated comic book villain scheme whereby the government is somehow benefited by products sold to teenagers, sort of at random, um, because they can? Drives and the machine, Alex. Drives the machine, exactly. That's exa- well said. So they all of this just drives the machine. That's the important thing. There is an explanation about how like kids have money but don't pay taxes, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> the band goes on a fun ride lasting a few hours uh, over maybe a couple days where they become megastars, get in fights. Carson Daly tries to murder them. And then uh, with the help of a the not-quite-dead band, Du Jour, because Du Jour is French for We Made It, they unmask the whole plot and then play an arena concert that starts in, as a concert goer, I believe the worst sentence I could ever imagine hearing if I paid for a concert where the lead singer walks out and says, we're only playing new shit. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be upsetting <laughs> if you were to go to an arena show and they were like, look, I know you liked our old record. We are only playing a different thing. But fortunately, the music sounds basically the same. So it's everybody's fine with it. And that's the movie. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's all also yeah. imagine the uh, product placement Wayne's World gag stretched yes. out over ninety just minutes, just constantly. Yeah, but oh, yeah, and mostly whole, not a whole movie. Yeah, yeah, over literally every shot of it. Yeah. Uh, I well, that was something I noticed early on that I thought was like in that in so the cold open which we already mentioned was pretty funny so Dejour the boy band and they're um, they get on a plane and then just mention that they found this thing they fight mention they found this thing and then they, the plane crashes mm-hmm. and it's legitimately very funny well written oh. like I was, I was like I don't know what I was expecting but it's like a was, I mean anyway, that's I, that set is it's one of these things like I can't imagine how people didn't get this back then that like they're literally in a target airplane with like yeah. dawn <laughs> taped to the walls and other cleaning products yeah yeah which they then use to kill the biggest band in the world this yes. prod this this logo the target logo essentially kills this band like and then people being like oh no it's just kind of cheap product placement <laughs> it's kind of weird. did people say that people were upset about him I mean, a lot of people didn't people get it. Didn't get it. Uh, people didn't get it, yeah. People thought yeah. that it was real product placement or that they had well, accepted so money, so they didn't understand. I, I figured it out pretty quickly in that scene, even, that I was like, uh, these are, um, this is clearly a thing. This is so overt. It's clearly going to be right. a gag. And I thought, oh, this will be fun. Um, it'll be, like, subtle. And then it was not subtle at all. Um, no. So... Uh, I don't know how people could not get that, but what I was surprised by is that these companies would play along because hmm. you know, like you can't basically you can't use a brand's label. You can't like one thing I know from having spent a little time on on TV sets is that there's a person whose sole job it is to put black tape over any logo on anything you have. There's just people right. like they scurry around covering up logos because they don't want to get sued. Or they want those companies to have to pay to be on the thing. So I assume that, like, I was like, wow, is Starbucks and Target okay with being part of this evil villain's plan? So that's what I guess is, like, I can see how you might be hesitant mm. to believe that it was a joke because... Like, some some level of cooperation, yeah, not just, like... Yeah, Snapple yeah. maybe has a sense of humor, but but Starbucks totally. is not yeah. famous for having a sense of humor. But, I mean... Yeah, that's the, true. The fact that they probably ran, like, cost, like, benefit ratio, th- just, like, statistics to see if it was worth it and just came off with, like, no one's going to care, and at worst, it's just free advertising. Totally. Yeah, yeah, because they like, are a legitimately product place. I mean, I yeah. I, I bought 13 cans of Dawn cleaning powder during that. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> I am I am susceptible to some product placement, mm-hmm. I realized, from my reality show watching, but not these. These did not work for me. But Top Chef Dude, the, was talking you know about ice cream brands, and I bought some of those ice cream brands right away. So you just got to be careful. Of all the product placement in the movie, the Sega stuff really hit me hard. Yeah, because kinda, yeah the, the the Sega Mega Arena or whatever was like, oh, yeah. Well, Sega. yeah, so there there was that. But earlier, there was like a Dreamcast games. There was Space yeah. Channel 5 and Crazy Taxi uh, on the side. And a, a real fun uh, thing about this movie, because when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is 2001. And Sega had released uh, a video game console called the Dreamcast like two years earlier. Well, Sega had fallen apart as a company in between the shooting of this movie oh, no and kidding. the release of it. Well, so certainly they were America Online screwed. has also not survived the years uh, yeah. of this list. <laughs> but most of the other things are still around. Motorola, not really in the same way. Um, Kodak, no. not the same way. But a lot of the other ones have. Yeah, I mean, Starbucks and... Gatorade and Evian and Target and Aquafina and Pizza Hut and Revlon and Kodak and Puma and Advil and Bounty. It's it's, good. it's a great use of it. I, I mean, the sheer amount, yeah. I think, is what makes it work. If it was like subtle, maybe it would be like the movie may be more visually pleasing because uh, it is yeah, it's, kind it's, of obnoxious. How- it's gnarly because they're in a private plane. And so my the other thing is you're like... The, who are they marketing to? The plane people? Yeah. The, the band members are supposed to buy <laughs> Bounce? Um, right. So that's why I was like, this is clearly meant to be for me, and I, I meant to notice. Um, but yeah, that scene was super funny. There were some other very funny scenes. The um, Oh, yeah. Oh, Car- I mean, Carson the... Daly and a and a, a decent impressionist trying to murder people mm-hmm. on well, a was... cardboard TRL set is very you, funny. You know that was Aerie Spears. I did not bother to look. I did not recognize Aerie Spears, but um, um, but yeah. yeah, and then Coast the yeah. my my wife pointed out how oh, yeah, Tara course. Reed and Coast and Daly were dating at the time. Oh, were so they? that's that's like a meta joke on something you had to 
wow. care about. And also, it is hard to imagine. Like, I, I think people who didn't grow up around this time would still appreciate it. But you also need to have an understanding of just how big TRL was. <laughs> and the actual power that had the idea if that was such a huge show the idea that you'd be watching this movie where they do that and then where they go to trl and then he's a funny murderer version of himself that's a great gag yeah (laughs) And, and but also having all this you know sort of meta context around it is interesting you know yeah yeah i think that's totally interesting i i but i guess i mentioned how funny those things are because that is like what it can be and then it also got kind of stupid in the middle i felt so i felt like it got real comic booky in the middle and kept me from loving it all the way the the evil plot is really convoluted and stupid and not in a fun way for me but in a way that was like and then yeah the 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 villains especially like her like just wanting to be friends is so inexplicable and strange and then the fact, like, the whole punchline is that she has a lisp is very strange. Um, also, I, Josie I, is constantly running in seven-inch stripper heels, um, which is weird. Um, specifically tall, clear heels, not and not no judgment on strippers. It just doesn't seem easy to run in. Um, anyway, so am I crazy about that? Did you guys stay delighted the whole way through? Yeah, I, I definitely thought it was, uh, like more charming in the first half uh i think the i kind of wanted more focus on the dynamic between um the the pussy cats themselves like it feels like in the middle of the movie rosario dawson especially her only note is that she's kind of jealous of what's going on with josie and then that's kind of it for her character that jealousy thing feels like it just like it comes out of nowhere it's resolved immediately like it's resolved just as quickly after a few scenes i mean this movie it's supposed to be like kind of fun sugary nonsense candy yes right like it's the kind of sweetness of it but speaking of azario dawson i do want to say talk about somebody who was just clearly batting out of everyone else in this movie's league <laughs> especially the her and the other pussycats when they're all doing scenes like rosario dawson there's a reason why she has gone on to have an incredible career uh dating presidential nominees and you know showing up in star wars she's just so incredibly <laughs> those are your, charismatic those are your highlights yeah. for her I mean, and also having this incredible, like, long-lasting career. But the other two are so flat and wooden, and she just You don't just see a lot so of natural. Rachel Lee Cook after this. She had no. done, she did choose all that. She was in Baby Sears Club, but after this, it definitely slowed down. And Tara Reid kind of famously, you know, burnt out on VH1 reality TV okay, shows. but Tara Reid was playing a burnt-out idiot, and so... I, I thought I, I you know I don't know how I feel about Tara Reid in general I didn't did not have a formed opinion but I thought she was very funny the way they wrote I love I a character too, yeah. where yeah. you're like this character is the dumbest person who's ever lived but she's the positive upbeat version of that um, right yeah there's a couple of her dumb things that really cracked me up well it, she's a great example of everything in this movie is like extra mm-hmm. right everything is a hat on a hat and her character is <laughs> a great example of like. From the set design, the the joke writing, uh, the performances, but her character is always like has six more beats than necessary. Yes, like yes. they do the joke and then they do it a bunch more times. It yes. really does. Besides the Wayne's, like obviously the Wayne's World product placement bit, this feels very much to me influenced by like the Mike Myers oeuvre of comedy at the time. The, yeah, this feels very Austin Powersy. Yes, yes, the, yes, the, it is Austin the villains. The villains are very Austin Powersy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Did you know that in addition so the the Rosaria Dawson character, um Beyonce auditioned for it as well as mm. Aaliyah and Left Eye Lopez from TLC? I did see All that. three of them auditioned for that role uh and instead they brought in a, a super legitimate actor. Yeah, I'm ge- yeah. <laughs> genuinely the only person that I don't feel bad. If you had say Rachel Lee Cook beat Beyonce uh, for the role of Jesse, yeah, that would be like, oh, you're kidding me. Uh, yeah, well, or if it was Tara Reid, I would be like, I don't think that was a good part for Beyonce. So, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, she yeah. was kind of like that in Goldmember, right? 
I haven't seen them. I don't remember her character. From I don't that. remember it either. Uh, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Hat on a Hat and Awesome Powers are both very good ways to describe the comedy parts of this, that it did yeah, feel yeah. like they were... Yeah, the theory was, I mean, go for it. Keep going for it. Keep happening. There are some legitimately funny jokes. I think Colleen uh, killing a band in a flight, uh, pitting this, pulling the Chevy to the levee, yeah. uh, is very, very funny <laughs> as like a code word. Yeah, it's, it's uh, And then good. like, you know, to fake a suicide is a smells like teen spirit. Like, yeah. Just yeah. doing that was like, those are good. Also, so my I mentioned this in my I like borrowed this in my setup, but the the running gag on the plane of the du jour, du jour means friendship, du jour yeah. means family, and then when it, the plane starts going down, like du jour means buckle buckle up, du jour means make sure that you've got your safety harness. Like it was a very good running joke, and I find Seth Green mostly annoying, but I thought like that that was pretty fun. Um, I mean, this cast is filled with no matter how you feel about them, but like. Really feels like on this moment between the like the major cast, but also these little roles, like you said, Seth Green, yeah. uh, uh face on, Don face on is in that. Uh, the whole cast is filled with people who would go on to be like, Oh, that guy in like a million things. Well, you know? Parker Posey also rules, yeah. even though I feel like the at the end they didn't do her a ton of justice, but like she's oh, exceptionally yeah. funny. Well, yeah, her and Ad- Adam Cumming definitely give this movie a uh level of prestige especially yeah. at the time they were both such indie sweethearts and yeah. they're clearly having so much fun together uh, i mean some of the scenes are just filled with insanity with perco posey like the whole thing with her private bedroom at the party being this odd yeah. monument to <laughs> like it's so yeah. comically over the top i thought she was really great in that scene um, okay, so so here's the question. So this movie bombed in 2001, basically. It lost a ton of money. Um, and, you know, Ebert gave it one star. Like, people hated it. Uh, and it's totally decent and, and, and maybe even pretty good. Um, what happened? Why did this not work at all? Was it because of 9-11? Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Well, I, I think it was probably advertised. I mean, this is a very odd, subversive movie that was advertised as the next Spice World, right? It's purposely trying to parody Spice World a little bit. Right, that's bit, a weird comparison, like, yeah, because Spice World was pretty serious, right? Yeah, I mean, Spice World is what this movie is making fun of. Like, yes. Spice World is a pure, cynical, Beatles help style right, right. band promotional movie. It is a silly excuse right. to make a bunch of uh, pop stars... Um, like movie versions of themselves like that right. is what this is like trying to tear down a little bit and i think that had left such a sour taste in people and people just seeing this and not getting it and thinking this is a, just trying to be one of those there's also the thing i've talked about before which up until a few years ago it's like anything that was even perceived as being targeted towards teenage girls was the worst most horrible offense Oh, hello? Hey, Uh-oh. I'm still here, but I think Are Alex dropped. Yeah, yeah, I see that. It's been really choppy yeah. for me, actually, so I'm a little I'm a little confused. <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes later. Sorry. Oh, hey, so, yeah. this does It, it does make me want to get a new PC, just because I feel like I tried to upgrade, and did I, I assume oh. I fucked something up in there. <laughs> Again, this is the kind of theme for the, your day, Alex. It's just everything. It's just, you're assuming it's your your end. Yeah, it's well, not, it's it's interesting what it, how it's throwing you off because normally you assume it's my, stuff is my fault, but when I do it, you're like, oh, yeah. But when I do it, that's fine. But when someone else does it, it's like, hey, that's my friend Alex. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It looks like that's the only thing happening today okay i'll work on this later um but boy that's it's just an upsetting day um all right let's do it so anthony Mm -hmm. you were just telling me about um uh spice world I, yes, of course, I remember that. That was just happening. <laughs> so you were like... It wasn't that's a the, long break. Is, that's, uh, that's, let me pick up exactly... That was the real thing. You were like, I love Spice of. World. Spice World is the best. And it's my favorite <laughs> film of all time. That's what you're saying. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I was saying something along the lines of that. Something about camped out for three weeks, saw it 12 times, Did you not know that allowed Spice in that World, theater ever again. Spice World is the highest grossing movie of all time by a music group. I believe it, yeah. That, so that more makes than sense. a hard day's night, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean... I'm, well, is that adjusted is that for inflation, inflation or what? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? It's Wikipedia. But they, they don't really do that anymore. I mean, I, I could see, like, BTS getting a movie that was huge. I, what do you mean they don't do that anymore? Yeah. They, like, we, we watched the Justin Bieber one for, uh, uh, for this like, very show. Not like a doc, like a live concert movie. Like, right, an a movie, actual a movie of yourself. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ju- Justin Bieber's Never Say Never was like... Yeah. Justin, no, they're going to do yeah. concert movies forever because those are easy to do. Right. Uh, but, like, an actual, like, hey, let's pit these... Let's put these kids in a feature. They'll yeah, love it. Yeah. They don't do it anymore. Uh, Man. Yeah. Uh, it is. So it's also weird to watch a movie that's a parody of a thing I did not see. That's always very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we have a couple more quick things we're going to talk about uh, on Josie before we move on. Um, let's talk about this music. So I happen to know that both yeah. of you spent some time in the punk rock world. Some of in the post-punk, maybe a little bit metal for both. Anyway, yeah. how do you feel about the... Um, made for a major motion picture pop punk of Josie and the Pussycats. Um, well, I would uh, say about this movie in particular, if you're going to do it, you go for the best. And as like a, even a music, a film music fan, the fact that there's like so much of uh, Adam Slashinger, uh on this film, who was the music musician from like Fountains of Wayne, worked on a bunch of other great uh, mm-hmm. music, but he also did a lot of stuff for film and TV. So he wrote all the pop punk music with mm-hmm. this with the lead singer for uh, I think Letters for Cleo. Letters for Cleo, yeah. Letters to Cleo. Was not Letters for... to Cleo. Yeah, just no, two. not for. But Letters to Cleo singer who did the vocals. But he, you know, I think most famously, you know, did that that thing you do. He tragically passed away. Um, right at the beginning of COVID, oh. um, he got it. It was really sad. He was super young, oh. but he has just, he was the guy if you needed to like write realistic sounding pop music for movies, he was the dude you went Oh, that's to. so he rad. He did a bunch of stuff on like my, my, uh, super ex girlfriend. Is that my what, crazy ex girlfriend? My crazy ex girlfriend. Just crazy ex girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, which has a, is the bad, a bad title, but everyone actually says it's a pretty good show. Yeah. But he, he was just a really died very, very tragically mm-hmm. uh and when that happened my wife who was a big fan of Fountains of Wayne really introduced me to him and I kind of went through all his work uh if you haven't seen that thing you do the only movie Tom Hanks ever wrote and directed uh but it's about a band <laughs> and it's about like a, a specifically a pop song yeah that and, thing, I mean that thing you it's yeah. about a one-hit wonder man I I did enjoy yeah. that thing you do um but yeah think about that here's challenge how, here's how deep that Adam Adam had to go on that because the thing you do also includes the members of that band being in a fake TV band called the Shrimp Shack Shooters playing that. Ver- so he had to go at least two yeah. Inception levels deep in pop music. Well, on top of that, think about having to, okay, I need you to write this song for a movie. It needs to sound like something that could realistically be a hit. Yeah. So you essentially yeah. have to write a hit for the 50s and how challenging that is yeah and how much he fucking nailed he it. nailed it that i thing think it is a do, great yeah it's a perfect song for that it's and, such and a big this movie i don't particularly like this music but i believe this music uh yeah i mean it is i read like an interview with him and he said basically the thing was uh female blink 182 what would an all-girl blink 182 sound like right, and i think, I think, just, they I think they're just nailed. called Blink 182 now but yeah i am yeah um, that's a stupid joke. Um, but yeah, that's that, like, I, that it totally does it. sound like that. The only, yeah. I mean, the only thing as far as believability was that they were too good at their instruments for the level they were supposed to be at. Like for playing in a bowling alley to zero people, they're clearly their their songs are too coherent for that band level. Yeah. I mean, because everything else in the movie is super realistic. <laughs> that's the well, no, one just, thing. Just that talking about this challenge for Schlesinger, but um, yeah, wow. he like totally wrote. An album worth of well, I guess he only wrote, let's see, a couple of them. But yeah, he he wrote enough of this that it sounds reasonable for this band at this time. And yeah, that's yeah, very like, impressive. Again, my wife when we I told her we were gonna watch this, she said, uh, "I love that soundtrack, but I remember hating the movie." Oh, interesting. Uh, did she did it grow on her this watch? Yeah, she loved it this watch, but she, she was. Might. 
at, at like at the time, she was a member of her friends making fun of this movie, but loving the soundtrack. So she has like this real nostalgia for that part of it, which is so in- weird to think about as well. Like loving the soundtrack for a movie way more than a movie. Uh, I would but- definitely. Sorry, I'm so still stuck on the past. I would definitely watch that thing you do with you guys. Oh, it's real good. We when he passed. Yeah. It, my wife and I watched Realized. it, and it, uh, yeah. it holds up really well. Um, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, all right, last thoughts on uh, on our time in Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, one last thought for me is the part of the... So they already have subliminal messages, and it's working really well, but then for some reason they wanted to add a technological level on top of that with headphone subliminal messages that they call 3D headphones, where it's just like... In order to hear, you you have to pay for the concert ticket, but then in order to hear the show, you have to pay thirty dollars for three D head headphones, and it just made me so viscerally angry about three D movies all over again. Like they just like they figured out this way to make it a little bit more expensive to not make the thing any better, and well, it was I mean, very plausible for this uh, for their anti consumeristic thing. Three D movies, it's HD rumble, it's um three D right. TVs, yeah. it's every we gotta come up with a new thing to sell them. Well and no, no matter what it is, it hurts being over my glasses. That's the important thing. Those <laughs> headphones would be squishy on my glasses ears. Um, Hunter, anything else from Josie and the Pussycats? I feel like you've been a little quiet tonight. How have you had a good time on this movie? Oh, I actually really I really liked this movie. I liked it a lot. Um I I watched it with Elena, and mm-hmm. Elena loved this movie when she was a kid, and I got to kind of like, I feel like, uh, feel a little bit of, like, I felt like I became a kid too with her, and we kind of watched it as if we were both her as a child, which is a weird <laughs> thing to say as I'm hearing yeah, it come out of my is, face, but it's a little gross, like, but, but that's I'm what we did. It. We did do that. You know what? I'm not going to back away from it. That's what we did. And also, I really <laughs> like, I, I really like Alan Cumming a lot. Like, I just yeah. like, uh, especially yeah. when I was a, when I was a kid, he was like uh, one of my faves. How does Alan that I would just think see that? in movies. Imagine yeah. how much Alan likes it. All right, never mind. I'm so oh sorry. yeah, I mean he loves. He's it, never yeah. heard that, but he's never heard anybody ever make fun of his last name. He told me that. It is weird that we day. still let people be called that, though. You know? Yeah, we should. We we should stop. We should. Well, we I should mean, redo his last name right now. Even you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Well, Alex, I think you you forget about show business, this like show businesses, like the, like notorious history and prejudice against people changing their names. Uh, <laughs> it's just you can't make it in Hollywood if you don't give your real name. I so mean, he, yeah, he and, couldn't you have a name that was not coming? Anyway, I'm so sorry. And, I'm so sorry, Hunter. Please continue your your more interesting point. I like the part where it said "Join the Army." under the Josie and the Pussycats line yeah. message thing. Yeah. That was funny to yeah. me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It was a good movie. Honestly, I thought more about the Sega thing. I was just thinking about Sega <laughs> the whole time. And just like, dude, that, like this movie, in such a weird way, I got to make this point now. I think this, is, this movie is probably the very last time that Sega would be something that was a big enough deal that you could mention it in your like advertising joke. Because after this movie, mm-hmm. there's no way... You couldn't do it today. People be like, Sega, what's that? Oh, I guess Sonic the Hedgehog is getting movies again, though. So Sega's making a little bit of a comeback, so that's good. But yeah, I don't know, But man. no, you I'm would have... But they kept making games, right? Even though they stopped making consoles, no. they still exist. Yeah. yeah, they kept making games, but they're, I mean, their whole... Their cultural cachet, like, cratered right. for, like, yeah. a yeah, decade, no, I would say. You would advertise Sega products and Sega properties. You would never... In the year of our Lord 2021, advertise Sega, right? No <laughs> right. one would ever yeah, just yeah, no, right. brand Sega right. Sonic, used to be the, the brand. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Sega yeah. used to be the thing. It was like totally, yeah. And you that definitely wouldn't be trying to sell era. like just some random Sega game like Space Channel Five or Crazy Tag. That just like blew my mind. Like that, I, I just couldn't stop thinking about that about Crazy um, Taxi being in a movie. Like, oh, this is something. Oh, yeah. I played Crazy Taxi briefly. I remember that game. Um, That's did a great you, game. Wait, did they? This was was this around Dreamcast time? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Two years after Dreamcast. That's okay. what he was saying yeah. earlier. Yeah, Dreamcast yeah. is what right. the final hurrah. Like right, that killed yeah. the company. Yeah, I mean Dreamcast didn't kill the company. It was everything they did before Dreamcast. Oh, but Dreamcast yeah, did set the Dreamcast out the Saturn yeah. killed the killed the company. Yeah, it was oh, right. the they Saturn a proper Sonic game on it, dude. Yeah, the uh, Saturn, the 3DX, the CDI. Uh, that's what killed the company, and then the the 
the Dreamcast, which was actually pretty ahead of its time for, you know, when it came out. Uh, yeah, just never had a chance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I agree I with everything that was Saturdays. just said. I think you're right. Um, uh, yeah, man. Uh, okay. So that's Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Anthony, this last movie's good. Yeah. I liked it, it quite good. a bit. It still, yeah, it I, still fucks a little. Uh, I think it, it's filled with, uh, really like a few really good jokes uh there were certain things that i just found like that tickled me even though they weren't necessarily like laugh out loud funny just the things like calling them three imagine three christina aguileras but one of them's really tan <laughs> uh like that i thought was pretty funny uh yeah. it's it's filled with little things like that uh looking and kind of following the 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 filmmaking team who made this and the way this film has been critically reevaluated in the last few years, it does make me sad that the movie got buried so hard that it did make it basically impossible for them to make another movie. So I am glad that years later they're like, you can find a lot of interviews with them being like, you know, it's awesome to hear that this movie is being reevaluated and like picking up a real cult classic status. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I think it's it's, it's, it's a really justice. interesting thing th- thinking about. Um, different movies that are being reevaluated because it's not like um, it's not like this is like a like it's with the light of 2021 we know so much more or anything it's just like why this seemed like oh. this should have been funny at the time why weren't we laughing well this then? this was exactly what I was saying before we got cut off I remember now it was the the point I've sort of made before about I wonder if they're gonna cut my mic this time to send some uh, <laughs> My computer the, died. It, computer, uh, but the, like we, you know, we basically, as a culture, especially around this time, anything marketed towards teenage girls was considered like garbage culture, right? right? Like everything that was sort of associated with that was sort of looked down on. While stuff that was, you know, also just as silly that was advertised with boys was has always been taken more seriously. So I think that and we have the been girl we, band, we have historically been a part of that problem. Uh, the show's origin is largely based on continuing that problem for which I apologize. Nice. That's it. No response to that. Okay. Well, we weren't here for that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not joining in with an apology about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know that's what? true. I, you know what? Fuck it. I do apologize. For, Thank you. For, Thank you. Yeah. We definitely um, have new different things that we should be apologizing for now, but you were not around for that particular issue. Yeah, um, no, I'll yeah. apologize for the things I need to apologize for, which are many. Trust me. <laughs> but. All right. Well, we'll save more of those for a future segment where Anthony apologizes for some of the things he needs to apologize for. But first, we have one more segment, the argument, and then we will wrap for the day. All right. Segment three, the argument. I won last week inexplicably, so I am judging. Today's argument, obviously, is best fake band movie. Oh, we've had a lot of discussion about this just now already. That threw me off. Yeah, we um, really, you really poorly thought this through. I Alex. did not realize. Well, I didn't realize when you were talking so much about it. Is, so I'm the judge. So, Anthony, uh, is it that thing you do? Is that your game? What's your best <sighs> fake band movie? So not, not a, a concert movie. Um, um, I guess if you said well, Spice World or Hard Day's Night, it would be kind of on the fence for me, but because um, there's fictionalized or like the monkeys well, I mean, or whatever. But no, but like straight up just fake band. Well, oh, so it's like there's a few obvious ones, right? So This is Spinal Tap is obviously oh, up yes, there. Of course. Right? That's, you know, uh, I haven't seen it, but I've always heard really good things about that pop star parody. Uh, that the Lonely Islands did uh, oh, like oh, five, never, six years don't ago. Don't stop, never, never stop, stopping, never stopping st- or what was it? Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy a lot of the other work that those guys do. Uh, so I have always wanted to get around to seeing that. But yeah, this is Spinal Tap or that thing you do. Are definitely the two that pop off of my head. Uh, another close contender, I would like to say, would be something like like Scott Pilgrim. Which is a movie I don't like, but does have... I don't know if it counts, because it's not really a movie about fake bands, but it has a lot of good fake bands in it. Right. You know? Tell me what you don't like about Scott Pilgrim. I want to know. Um... I really re- like respect the style of it. I just have always found the movie kind of obnoxious and overwhelming. 
and like very like it's it's very faithful to the books uh, to the point that it goes by nine really nine fairly long stories but at a really fast clip pace and none of them really get the time to breathe i've just always not been a huge fan of that movie i like a lot of edgar wright's other films but scott pilgrims mm-hmm. has never really done it for me um, but the music is really good. Uh, I would just like I to update, like... by the way, really quick, my thought on from that thing you do. The fake band that the fake band is in is called Cap'n Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. So they <laughs> also he... think the Ampersand would help them sell 30% more records. And their real name is The Wonders. The Oneaters. Good. Yeah. The, well, The Wonder. The Oneaters is mm-hmm. what everyone thinks they're called. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then they are Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, and I found that I, I I double checked that in the fictitious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I think is relevant here, which is not all. Uh, let's see, yeah, the not in the Hall of Fame dot com is the fictional Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty great. You guys see Bradley Cooper Star Is Born? No, does that count as a musical group, a fake musical I group? Think, yeah, I think all the stars are all Stars Is Borns would fit. But are they really a group? It's more of uh, like oh, I, a I count single. it if you wanted it. If you were going for it, I, yeah, I'd be I think it'll it. work. If you, yeah, if you want to do it. You guys ever seen Walkout? No, I didn't see Walkout either. <laughs> That's a fi- fictional. I'm just listing off uh, good music uh, comedies now, or mostly just music, fake bands now off the top of my head. But Walkout is also very good. Yeah, uh, I do think but- that somebody should just have a. Well- I, um, I've thought of this before. Um, tell me if you think this is a good idea. I think somebody should have a website that is just like classic rock and roll t-shirts, but only for fake bands from movies. Like a Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters or like Autobahn from Big Lebowski or something. But like, but they have like fake tour dates and like inside jokes from the movie on them, but they just like look real like like the the target fake aged band shirt like they look fake aged um wouldn't <laughs> I, that be fun i think yeah you would i mean that. yeah i yeah, alex i really want you to keep in mind you just gave away like a multi-million dollar idea well, that's, yeah. so i've just told a few away. people and they've been yeah. kind of skeptical but i think it's a multi-million dollar idea and i yeah. i mean it would obviously be a licensing nightmare but i think you just do it without asking and then when they yeah, come yeah. around you try to set up a deal like so many people do I this started well, because I was permission. Yeah, this like started that. because I I bought a uh, um uh the horseman t shirt. Uh, that's it, not and it a wasn't horseman? good. It was hard to find. Um, right? Isn't it the horseman? What are they from the from Bill and Ted? Wild, uh, wild, stallions. wild stallions. So sorry, you, wild stallions. My brain is you. stupid. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, that buries my lead. I was gonna say Bill and Ted for my for my answer. Oh, are you? <laughs> I well, thought, that's a good answer. I thought you meant like the WCW Super Collective. I'm so sorry, dude. My, my brain is so mad about that blue screen of death from a half hour. I'm still like a little fried from it. <laughs> but yeah, I, like I was dude, trying I to find you. Bill and Ted Wild Stallions All Wise T-shirts, and I was like, these are all just these are crappy. Like they're fine, but it's like I want this to look like if you didn't know the reference for a second, you're like, that's a real band. Well, yeah, I mean, well, definitely you know give away. There's a, there's a more store specific. There's like a vintage. There's a vintage store in Portland called Wild Stallions where you can buy Wild Stallion shirts. I'm serious. Oh really? I I, I actually thought you were doing a bit for a second. No, wait, what? I realized they, they just sell yeah, Wild that, Stallion stuff. They don't only sell that, but it's a vintage store, and they definitely have Wild Stallion shirts that you can oh, buy. That's fun. Well, but yeah. I would also sell yeah, Cap yeah. and Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters like World right, Tour yeah, right. you shirts. You would just go. Yeah, you would just go right for the whole the whole deal, but I think this is just like a vintage store that really likes Bill and Ted, and that's it. Right, thing. right. Which I yeah, which I do as well. Um, so, but I I think there's just this. I'm trying to think of others, but you've mentioned a few. So I think this would be a good. I think this would be a good business that I if you do it and steal it from me, I can't mm-hmm. be that mad since the whole point was stealing other people's IP. Um, okay, so <laughs> Anthony, you've listed a few things you're not picking. What are you actually picking? Uh, I was gonna try to just. Bury the field and hedge my bet and bet on all of them. <laughs> you have uh, to pick your number one nominee: um, best fake band movie. Uh I gotta go. This is Spinal Tap. This then. is Spinal Tap. I mean, Solid. just yeah, it invented a new genre. Yeah, who the fuck does that? Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah. 
Have you ever invented a genre? I've never invented a genre. Every once in a while, I think I have, and then I'm like, oh, someone else already did that. No, somebody's already decided to make yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Who knew? <laughs> I'm like, look, I have a totally new genre. You guys are going to love it. And they're like, you mean horror? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard. Um, so it's very impressive. Um, all right, Hunter, what is your nominee for best um, fake m- band movie? Okay, two. well, two things. Uh my I forgot about this, but my favorite fake band name in a movie is probably in High Fidelity. I forgot that they called their band Kathleen Turner Overdrive. Yeah, Kathleen that's Turner Overdrive. Funny. Yep. Yep, that's pretty solid. Um, but that is not my pick. I'm not picking that movie. But uh you know what? Well I said What are the other bands? I, said in I, that movie? And, uh, I don't know. I don't I, 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 I don't remember. I haven't watched that movie in a minute. But uh I'm going to pick, I was going to pick Bill and Ted, but I think instead I'm going to pick uh, uh, the Muppet movie because of oh. uh, Dr. Teeth. <laughs> or is oh, that what it's called? Yeah. What's their band yeah. called? Uh, Dr. Teeth of the Electric Mayhem. So that's what I'll do. That's that's it. Or maybe not even the Muppet movie because I don't even remember if they're in it that much, but just like muppet stuff muppet show can that be my answer the muppet, the muppet show? band from the muppet show yeah for all for sure yeah um before yeah, they were sonic De- before they were uh kathleen turner overdrive they were sonic death monkey oh yeah, yeah, can yeah. I, they had other names yeah can i um a very funny joke i just remember from josie and the pussycats the whole behind the behind the music segments uh from captain and to and the chief as um, everything involving that was very funny. Uh, inventing a fictional member of Captain Antonio, which is a guy yeah. who wore uh, like a chief's head, uh, had a cat, uh, was a very funny joke. Uh, speaking <laughs> of fake bands, I, yep, I just yep, that's solid. My head. That's solid. Yeah, um, it's, that they, made me laugh way harder than I was expecting to laugh. They were also uh, briefly called Barry Drive in the Uptown Five. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, and Scott Pilgrim's was called Sex Bomb. Yes, sex babam. Sex babam. Sex babam. Sorry, there's there's a hyphen in there. Um, Okay, so great nominees, Um, Hunter. If you had picked Bill and Ted, you you probably would have taken it going away. uh, And I I would not have been upset. I would have been like, fair enough, Bill. But this is part of the problem with uh, this the way you approach this game, Hunter, which is that um, you play for fun and not to win, and that is hard to judge. Because, like, did you have the most fun changing your vote? Like, is that what I should actually be picking based on? But, um, yeah, the genre thing, I think, gets me. I think think it's going to be hard not to pick. uh, You're a rules guy. You're just a rules guy is the thing. Well, so I like the the genre thing is solid. I think the um, there's a connection to this movie uh, that we were just talking about today with... uh, uh, Parker Posey being in a lot of those uh, those mm, movies, Christopher Guest, Christopher Guest movies. movies. Um, yeah. Also, I think you know the um, their live show with the Stonehenge, tiny Stonehenge coming down, still makes me laugh. And oh, I think yeah. shit no, sandwich. No. Almost every real best. band at some point makes a reference mm-hmm. to turning their amps up to eleven. Like mm-hmm. they just nailed that thing so well that it's infected real bands. So I think, yeah, I and in fact, my shirt store that I, where, I, where I quit comedy to sell T-shirts online um, that sells fake band shirts would not sell a Spinal Tap shirt because it would be too clear that we shouldn't be doing that and get sued. I feel like that would be too obvious. Um, I mean, I don't want to go. I'm going to go out on a limb and say something pretty controversial. Spinal Tap is pretty damn good. I'm going to say it. Somebody, you know, has it's been to. a long time since I I've watched it, but and I also I don't remember yeah. how good the fake music is. It's legit. Uh, they have. I mean, there's a reason why music is featured in so many Christopher Guest movies. Is they're as trying like to make it? That, yeah. yeah, they're like all pretty good musicians. Uh, a lot of the main cast. The but Spiral Tap in particular has some real bangers. Of uh, like, if you're into classic like, '80s hair metal kind of rock, you know? um, one, uh, one other, uh, one other nominee that would have actually been tempting for me to pick is if you had said, "Oh, brother, where art thou?" I think that would have been. Oh, I didn't even no. think about it. Soggy I... Bottom Boys. What? 
The Soggy Bottom Yeah, the Soggy boys. Bottom Boys. Big fan of the Soggy yeah. Bottom Boys. I enjoy it. It's, it's not a genre of music I listen to otherwise, but I enjoyed it very much in that movie. So that would have been, those would have been yeah. tempting, and I am a big... I, even though for some reason the name escaped me, I do love the Wild Stallions. Um, yeah. And it's the greatest band that's ever existed, so that's pretty hard to... Yeah, I mean, they saved the world. They saved I the world. I hard saw to argue it. against I, that, but Hunter, yeah. you went away from it, so you, you hurt yourself that way. Um well, you know, the guy's name is Dr. Teeth, okay? I thought yeah. that would carry me through. I do like that. Uh, that's certainly a solid little bit of that. Um, oh, you know what? I just remember. I'm so stupid. I just remembered that I had thrown this up on our Facebook page. I was going to ask for people to nominate things, uh, bands for this beforehand. Um, only one got in in time, it looks like. But let me make sure that I include this. Uh... Um. Yeah, that thing you do, the Oneater. Oh wait, actually, never mind. There's a ton of comments. Great, great. So, uh, Oni- <laughs> the Oneaters already here. That's awesome. Uh, Blues Brothers. We didn't oh, even mention yeah. that. Um. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, Sex Bomb got a nominee. Suck. The movie. Do you guys know Who's Suck? The suck? movie, a vampire horror comedy with a band. Oh. Um, uh, there's a movie uh, in Get Him to the Greek. There's a fake band called Infant Sorrow. And I mean, could we also? What about like musical, musicals? Like something like? Have, do you guys see Sing Street about the fictional no, band I, Sing Street? No, it's been on my list for a while because you told me how good it was. It is very good. That was another one I would throw in, or once from the same guy, also about a fictional band, essentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are both. Well, very, those are those are earnest versions of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also nominated, nominated, uh, almost famous. Uh, oh, a yeah. German movie called Bandits. Do you guys know this? 1997. Mm. I, don't I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know what that interesting. is. Interesting. Um, oh, uh, another really good suggestion I meant to mention earlier: the band from Green Book. I don't remember what they're <laughs> called, but boy, did they have a bad show! Oh man! Uh, and they have such a bad weekend that we deserve to mention them. They, goddamn troopers. Yeah. Why? What? Why? What? Uh, have you seen the movie Green Room about the band? Oh, Green Room. I thought you said Green Book. Yeah. Oh, that mean yeah, Green, you Book? Did say Green Book. You did say Green Book, man. Like... Uh, gr- I, which I have not seen, but oh yeah, Green Room. Yeah, they had a tough time. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot that about is... that. Oh man. No, that joke works both ways because Green Book also has a band. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Does that's it? That's a real life. Yeah, it's <laughs> about a musician. traveling musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's solid, that's... man. Okay, so thank you everybody who commented. There's some great suggestions on the on the uh, Facebook page, and we missed a couple of those and a lot that we had already picked. But again, we're gonna go with Spinal Tap for the win. You can continue to argue this out in the comments, and you can also send us suggestions Facebook, Twitter. Um, Instagram, TikTok, I don't know, wherever you are. Um, just mostly email, podcast at read-weep.com. And we appreciate everybody who suggested stuff today. That is it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for hanging out with us in my brain-dead half a show. Uh, really appreciate it. And Daniel, congratulations once again on finishing dead last in our Oscars pool and setting up this show for us. Um, we're going to be da- back next week. For the program next week, we have a very special episode. Next week, we're going to be watching Galaxy Quest with founding member of Read It and Weep, Ezra Fox. Ezra's going to be back to watch Galaxy Quest with us. Um, what's our argument about Galaxy Quest? I guess best fake movie movie? I don't know. Um, <laughs> hard to say. Anyway, I haven't seen it. I don't know what it's about. Well, um, I mean, I, I think uh, Hunter, you know, I my wife and I over quarantine have gone very into Star Trek. We're just about to finish Deep Space Nine. Mm, uh, oh we're coming God. into the final season of that after doing all of Next Gen. They go hard, uh, Hunter. But yeah, like, wow. Uh, we should th- get a chance to just really nerd out about Star Trek next week. Uh, that's all. That that's would all feel I do. so appropriate. Oh, Hunter, will you sing the song the again, subject. like the old days? Yeah, that'll continue next week. All right, these are all great ideas. We'll talk about that. I don't know anything about Star Trek, so I can't help, but um, I'll be up for it. Well, maybe uh, we'll make you watch some Star Trek. I've That's watched, what we'll do. I've watched the porn parody, so I'm pretty caught up. Um, and I watched not... the movie where they save a whale by going back in time. Yeah, so oh, wow. I mean, you you already have the foundation. I feel like I have a pretty broad knowledge about it. Um, after we watch Galaxy Quest, we have, oh man, we have a couple of very interesting episodes coming up after that. In fact, I'm really excited about the next little group of episodes. They're not super themed on anything, but 
Um, we're mostly still going through these Oscar winners, so we're also going to come back to another Oscar winner, uh, Oscar pool winner, and then um, for finishing fifth, we're going to let my friends Sarah and Kyle come back on, come on the show and talk about Premium Rush, and then I'll still have to figure out what I'm going to make you watch. I, I have a theory of what I'm going to make you watch, but it's not going to be out for a couple of weeks, so I might have to pop up in the summer with it. We'll see. Um, but... All of this and more coming up on Rain Weave. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to everybody who supports the show. All of our meat buddies, we really appreciate your help. Thanks for being here, Anthony Lopez. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. And as always, thanks ha- for hanging out. Hunt- oh, wait, sorry, Anthony, yeah. more? I was going to say, have an awesome time putting this all together. It shouldn't be a problem <laughs> at all. And uh, I want you listening out there to know Alex looked real hard, because I, I assume maybe this will be completely unlistenable, but if it's listenable at all, Alex did a lot of work, and you should thank him. I uh, am going to be... I might just put this out as the full three-hour version with all of the tech problems in the middle. We'll see. Um, yeah. Hunter, thank you so much for hanging out. <laughs> well, can you do the Star, War- Star Trek song? <laughs> oh, that's so weird. It tickles me. All right. Uh, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.